Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. Get on, we get on a, uh, we get on gentlemen's clubs. Oh. How you like those? Oh, hey, everybody. Mickey Mouse, no. It is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. Yeah. All right, we're headed to hour two. If you missed our hot mascot talk segment in hour one, you're going to want to go back and listen to the podcast. Go to 1080thefan.com and download the Les Schwab Tires podcast as soon as you're done listening to hour two, or you can listen to it right now and then go back and listen to this on podcast, but that'd be kind of dumb. So listen to this live so you and your friends can continue your text chat, your Sinner and Saint text chat, and your Twitch. Oh, do we? can we Twitch this thing? I don't know. If we played video games at the same time while we did the show, how do we get this show to more people? There's so much demand out there for the center and the state. What's the strategy? Should we just Facebook live the thing? Do we do we YouTube it? Do we put it on Twitch? What's Periscope? Is that a thing? Uh, it was. Now, not so much. Okay. What else can we do? They, how do we get it on the interwebs uh, for we, the peoples? We could just kind of mount a huge uh, speaker outside on the Esplanade and just crank it up to 11 and have people hear it out there and then word of mouth. Yeah, and, but then the crowd would probably, uh, you know, disrupt the integrity of the banks of the Willamette. I mean, it would cause such a uh, overwhelming crowd that the erosion would, I'm sure, just kick into high notch. And you have a bunch of people dumped in the river, and then you'd have the you know the sinner and saint tragedy of 2019. We don't want to great start point. that. It's a sexy point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, you're really getting behind this push to change uh, Blaze to Trail Cat into homemade uh, kids robot costume. Yeah, I am. Now, there's two options, and I could go with either. Is that we do a straight up trade with the Pelicans, where it's Blaze for uh, Pelly. I'll take Pelly, dude. I'll yeah, take Pelly all day. Terrifying. Or the what's the Condor from the Clippers? I don't want him. Okay. He's scary. Yeah, but so is Pelly. Well, Pelly used to be scary. The original version yeah. of Pelly was terrifying. The original version of Pelly was like a uh, you know, Fever a drug induced ice cream nightmare. Like it, he yeah. just looked like melting ice cream over a ghoul. If it was they made disgusting. A, yeah, they made a, a follow up film to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Fear and Loathing in New Orleans. With Pelly. Pelly would be in there. You know, what's interesting, too, is that, like, you know, they did a, uh, obviously, you know, they put him out for a few games, and then they had to change the costume. So everybody's like, this is scaring the crap out of us. It's ruining it's ruining our children forever. Did you hear they're doing this now with the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Oh, yes, which is fantastic. They gave him real people teeth, 
And then there's a couple other features that were just a little too, uh, I don't know, too realistic. But he's a hedgehog. Well, here's my question is, why are we making this movie? Oh. Yeah, like, why did we need it? Yeah, like, is there still so much demand out there for Sonic the Hedgehog that they needed to make that film at all? No, and, you know, I ask this question all the time, too, with the Godzilla movies, because they keep making them. I'm like, who wants this? Like, yeah. who wants a he- Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Yeah, but Godzilla is like a movie franchise, and there's some iconic moments from Godzilla films, and you can look, it's like James Bond. Sonic the Hedgehog was a video game for a now defunct system, which was Sega, and they... Screw you, dude. Sega was awesome. It was, but Sega doesn't make any more new ones. Nintendo's still out there making them. PlayStation's making them. Microsoft took over. There's no new Sega consoles coming out they made the dreamcast and then they went oh yeah we're just we're just gonna go out of business okay but you cannot deny this sega had by far and away the greatest opening greeting sega sega that got me so excited every single time yeah it's great and sonic the hedgehog fun video game very fun but i am not your audience now and i don't think a lot of other 34 to 48 year olds that played sonic the hedgehog when it came out was at the height of its popularity are the same audience that you want to sell an animated feature film to. No, and, you know, I don't understand how or why they do this in terms of, like, revamping things. Like, they made the uh, Pokemon movie, the De- Detective Pikachu, with the uh, Ryan Reynolds voice. Yeah, but they just had the P- the the Pokemon Go thing that yeah. was big, that parents and children loved playing together, you know, until it walked them into a reservoir and everybody drowned. Yeah, well... You know, people got to die, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so the movie is like, hey, it's a fun way to relive those moments where you almost killed your children uh, where nobody dies. Yeah, I just don't understand how marketers look at this, how uh, how movie studios look at that, and they go like, okay, what worked 10 years ago? Because I was right in the demographic of it. I was right in the heat of Pokemon fever, dude. I'm telling you, dude. Yeah. Dude. I was so broed out on Pokemon. And, like, now I'm 31 years old, and they released that movie just this last year. What math did they do to figure out that, I would go to that movie. Well, yeah, I don't know if you're the target. Pokemon Go brought in all the 10-year-olds and then all of the you know parents mm. together. So I think that one has a little more relevance than Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Yeah, that one, that one escapes me. It's like if all of a sudden they came out with you know a movie for Earthworm Jim, and you're like, oh, was that a game? Sweet. <laughs> Check out the double feature at the drive-in. It's Crash Bandicoot and Solomon's Key. Dude, I would be really confused if they did an Earthward Gym movie. That that then would really like put yeah. me back a little bit. Or like yeah. a uh, a conquer. Yeah, you uh, got Mega Man and Metroid back to back movie. Like whatever. A Tetris movie. <laughs> the Tetris. Actually, I would watch that. You would watch the Tetris movie. Absolutely. Just a bunch of Russians throwing bricks. Ah! Rotate it, rotate it. To the left. Other way. So pretty much the bricks would be voiced by celebrities. <laughs> yeah, they don't have faces. Turn left, Gary. Brr. Morgan Freeman would be that uh, piece with the uh, three across, one down in the center. Yeah. Now I dropped in there. I didn't fit, but I was going to fit my own way. Eastern Conference Finals. A week ago today, it looked like the Bucks were going to roll into the championship against most likely the Warriors, but the Blazers still had a chance a week ago today. Sure. Uh, much has changed. Blaz- uh-huh. Blazers swept. 
the Raptors are on a three-game winning streak. Uh, Kawhi Leonard looks like he is the best two-way player in basketball. He decided on game three, I'm going to D up the Greek freak. I'm going to shut him down. They're unbelievable. The series has turned into a very compelling basketball matchup. Why are we only talking about Drake? Because he's a douche. (laughs) And we love talking about douches. At least I do. I don't know about you. (laughs) Dude, I could talk douche all day. Seriously, though. Like, for real, though? Like... That's my thing. Sweet. What's your favorite Drake moment then from the series so far? I think it would be the massage. That's bizarre. Definitely the massage. And I think the reason that we're gravitating towards Drake is because, and this might sound surprising to you, but there's really not a whole lot of personal intrigue in this game when it comes to personalities. There's almost no personality. No, I mean, obviously, Kawhi Leonard, we know. There's absolutely no personality there. But even for somebody like the Greek freak, like, there's nothing really appealing about him other than the fact that he is seven foot one and moves like a guard and can dunk like with two steps from the half court line. Like, but he doesn't have the Joel Embiid personality no. where he's going out and talking trash. He doesn't have the Draymond Green where it's like, dude, did you hear what that guy said? Or Steph Curry where it's like, wow, this guy keeps making terrible Aladdin commercials. Like, there's really nothing to grab onto. With no, either. he's not like Jimmy Butler where it's like he has that kind of ingrained, like, blue-collar mentality about him about leading a team because I think that's the most interesting thing with the Bucks heading into these playoffs is that Giannis is your leader, right? That's what we're being told through the media and what they're kind of displaying to us is that Giannis Antetokounmpo is the leader of this team. Yeah. But you watch those games and you kind of go, I don't know, is he? Yeah, but who else is on that? team that's going to step it up. I mean, you want Chris Middleton or Pat Connaughton to take over that leadership role and be yeah, the give mouthpiece? Me Pat. Give me Pat. I'll do it. All yeah. right. It's time for Pat chat. Everybody's favorite moments. We're going to take clips from Pat Connaughton talking Milwaukee Bucks against the Toronto Raptors. How much has it, how much of it do you think has to do with geography where people just don't pay attention to Milwaukee or Toronto until they get to this point? Yeah. Maybe a little bit. You got a small market team, and then you got a team that is in a big market, but has a big Canadian market. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it is one of the most wealthy cities in the world. Yeah, but Canada. Yeah, it's a big market, though. I get that. I get that, but I think it's just been treated as a small market for so many years because it was so relevant in its first iteration, right? You had Vince Carter right off the bat, and you almost made an NBA Finals if it wasn't for, again, Vince Carter missing a shot (laughs) against the Sixers. But uh, I mean, I don't know, man. There's no just credit not, to the Sixers for winning. Yeah, I mean, there's really not a lot of intrigue in this series except for the fact that you have Drake and then Kawhi Leonard arguably becoming the best player in the league. And, you know, that argument doesn't sound that far off anymore. After that 35-point performance on a bum knee, by the way, Yeah. I, I mean, you have to start to question, like, dude, if this guy can drag this team, now it's like Kawhi and Durant, not LeBron and Durant. Ooh, seriously, interesting. Though. I don't know. The most the most interesting offseason uh, that I can remember coming up for the NBA, but we do still have an NBA Finals to play. You still have a game six tonight between the Raptors and the Bucks, and we'll see who ends up uh, punching their ticket uh, to play against the Warriors. Uh, either of these teams have a chance against the Dubs? No. Yeah. Especially with rest. And it, especially, really, it really feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, and I yeah. think it's becoming more clear that Kevin Durant might not even play in the finals, but that DeMarcus Cousins will yeah. uh, either game two or game three. But I, I find that also extremely interesting. That, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see what Boogie does in this offense without KD because well, I think that'll be fun to watch. Well, and also just that 
Kevin Durant might not play. Yay! I, I Yay! But that's really kind of concerning, not only if you're the Warriors, but if you're Kevin Durant, the fact that this was initially called a calf strain, right? Yep. Now, if, you know, I mean, if this was really a calf strain, dude would have been back game four against the Blazers as a warm-up. I would be so happy if you had a KD LeBronless finals. Obviously, LeBron won't be there. We know that. But for Are you the sure? Last, I'm 99% sure that he will not be playing. You don't think he'll, like, uh, sneak in and <laughs> throw off the tearaways? And- he throws on, like, a wig, a big blonde afro for some reason. <laughs> the, the Antonio Brown blonde mustache. Like, who's this guy? Oh, yeah, that's uh, Greg. Where's a bow tie? Where's a bow tie while he plays? That'll throw him off. One of the ninja headbands. Who the hell's bow tie guy? All right, Jen Ellis will be joining us to talk some baseball. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of home run milestones and home run stories to get to. You like the long ball, Darkens? <laughs> what? You like the long ball? That's what she said. <laughs> Home run and baseball talk next with Jen Ellis. You're looking to the center, looking to, listening to the center and the saint on 1080 The Fan. Luke Anderson, Will Darkens. We are joined by Jen Ellis. If you've been listening to this show on a regular basis at all, you will know that Jen is one of our coworkers here at Entercom Radio in Portland. She's the voice of Channel Q. Yes, indeed. A new LGBTQ uh, station that we have on 105.1 HD2. Correct. That is correct. That is correct. And she is also now officially a finalist for the public address announcer yes. job for the Hillsboro Hot. That's correct. So you a got a finalist. So yeah. I can tack that onto my uh my moniker. Oh no no no! Don't oh, tack that on. Yeah, that oh. we're we're just we're <laughs> just here to walk through the process yeah. with you. You've got one more audition. Is it this yes. week? Yes. Yeah, it is coming up on Tuesday evening. So I'll go back over to the Ron Tonkin Field and uh, have another interview and another audition know, audition on the yeah. microphone on the PA system there. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go yeah. to the Hops games and you hear a voice that you recognize, it may be that uh, the Jen wins the, uh, the opportunity. Yeah. And you said one of your dreams is to be a public address announcer. Yeah, for I would love it. I would always, yeah. I mean, every time I've been to games, I'm oh man, I want to do that. And there, <laughs> there are two female public address announcers in Major League Baseball, Correct. the Giants mm-hmm. and the Mets have yep. them. So yep. uh, maybe if Portland gets a team in a few hey, years. Cross fingers, yes. Yeah, get your yes. practice in before yeah. they do. Um, what are your favorite baseball stories uh, from the week, young lady? Oh, gosh. Well, there's a couple. Uh, first of all, I was uh, last week, uh, the A's were playing in Detroit, and they uh, called a game because rain was imminent. It was not yet raining. Yeah. Uh, I think they prematurely called it, but uh, it was weird because they had to suspend the game. And um, because it was the last game in the series and the Tigers were the home team, uh, technically a game is complete after five innings. Uh, This was at the bottom of the seventh inning. So the A's had scored two runs at the top of the seventh inning. So technically the Tigers should have their chance at the bottom of the inning to come back and try to walk it off or whatever. Uh, so the thing that was interesting to me was that uh, they had the A's relief pitcher, Liam Hendricks, come out and start the bottom of the seventh inning. And the the guy that was at bat was uh, Josh Harrison uh, for the Tigers. And he took two balls, two strikes. They called the inning. They called the game. Rain delay. They had to postpone it until September 6th when the Tigers go to Oakland. They will pick up the game at the bottom of the seventh inning with Liam Hendricks on the mound and Josh Harrison 
at bat with two balls and two strikes. If they're so still on weird. the roster. Yes. Yeah. Very, very weird. If any of those people are still on their teams, you know, because still on the rosters, who knows trades. if, you know, yeah, who's going to sell, who's going to buy, you know, after the all-star break, we have no idea what's going to happen. So I was looking into just kind of quirky little things about the, uh, the, the games that get suspended, like the rules. Uh, so technically the, everything that happens in that game prior to the moment that it is suspended counts on the record books for that day. So there have been games that have been suspended and completed at the end of the season where guys will come up from the minor leagues and they will technically, you know, get a hit before they even really debuted. So, so so when they play in September, so they have a a September call up mm -hmm. and he goes and hits a walk off grand slam, right? In Oakland, it will continue. It will count as a grand slam in Detroit (laughs) on May. May 22nd May or whatever. 19th or whatever. What, it was. Yeah, whatever yes, the date exactly. was. Yeah. That's so... But it was so funny because I read one, <laughs> it, there was like one little statistic about back in, in uh, 2008. In April of 2008, when Ken Griffey was with the Reds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that uh, up. So the Reds, he went two for four in that game uh, in April of 2008. And then he was on the White Sox later that season. <laughs> and the White Sox had a game that had been suspended from April 28th to this day in like August or whatever it was. So on he's, the on, same yeah, day. he's on the White Sox playing a White Sox suspended game from back in. Yeah, so he basically... In the record books, it shows that he reached base for two different teams on the same day. <laughs> Has anybody else ever done that? There's a record yeah. to have. Yeah, I know. There, well, there are certain, certainly different, you know, players that hadn't even made their debut yet at the yeah. beginning of the season, and then at the end of the season, they're on a team that is, That's you know, playing awesome. a suspended, you know, the end of a suspended game, and they, <laughs> they, they get get a hit before they're they're even debuted in the major leagues. It's pretty funny. On well, the there record, you go. yeah. Well, anyway. that is absolutely. So if it wasn't confusing enough, and then the other funny story I thought was Rajay Davis taking you know a two and a half hour Uber drive from Pennsylvania to City Field, and then in his first at bat hitting a you know three run pinch hit home run. So, so Rajay Davis is funny. if if you recognize the name, it's because he's played on your favorite Major League Baseball team because he played on nearly every team. Oh yes, in the he major. yeah he's played on like nine teams <laughs> since uh, two thousand seven. Thirty eight so. years yes. old. He was playing earlier in the week. He was playing on the AAA affiliate, the Syracuse Mets, yes, with Tim Tebow. Yes, <laughs> right. And then they called him up, but they were yeah. playing a game in Pennsylvania, so he mm-hmm. took an Uber mm-hmm. to the game. Yep. And the Uber driver made a joke when he's yeah. throwing the bag in. Yeah, he's a, he happens to be a Mets fan. He didn't know, he didn't recognize Rajay because he's just in his street clothes. You know, he, he puts his Mets bag in the trunk and he says, ah, oh, good thing this is, isn't a Yankees bag. I'd make you ship it. You know, and then he drives him to City Field and he's like, holy crap, are you a baseball player? You know, I mean, they had been talking for like well, the two Well, he jumps in the car drive. and he starts yeah. talking to his agent on yeah. the phone. And yeah. so the Uber driver starts kind of oh picking up. Yeah, so they had a really great talk, and Rajay was like, oh, yeah, me and me and this Uber driver are, are pals now because he got me to the game in time. That sounds so, like yeah. old-school baseball yeah. to me, you know what I mean? Like back when you would actually yep. trade equipment for players, yep. yeah. not cash. <laughs> like, I'll give you uh, all these bats for that guy. I don't know, somebody remodel your bathroom, and yeah. we'll give you this guy, and we'll get you yeah. a, a, a gross of bats, <laughs> a bushel of bats. That's we'll right. get you the lumber so you can make your new bats. Um, the two things that I saw this week that uh, were amazing are both home run related, mm-hmm. and they're kind of milestone moments. The one, it's worth mentioning, just in case there's Orioles fans listening. Right. The Baltimore Orioles are on pace to allow 89 mm-hmm. more home runs than any team in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. 
this is in is this a bad look for baseball or is this just one of those anomalies where you just have a team that's down? Yeah. Couldn't get any free agents, don't have anybody that they can bring up. Yeah. Or it's gonna I be a know. whole different roster sure. for the Orioles at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So maybe there'll be some glimmer of hope at the end. But right now this looks really bad. Yeah, it does. And it's painful when you you know, especially if you're a fan of the team that is slumping so dramatically, you know, you're just like, Oh my god, I can't even bring myself to watch these people so yeah i i usually you know in the years when the a's have started to slip and it would be like oh god they hold the record for the most errors and the most unearned runs whoopee <laughs> you know and that's fun to watch you know mariners fans this year yeah uh, so <laughs> sorry about that they've won some games but, at least but it's just yeah i mean i don't think it's a bad look for baseball but it certainly is just kind of one of those like head scratchers like holy cow can they really seriously be on pace to give up like 300 home runs this year yeah how can you be that bad but the other thing in in baseball that's interesting too is you have more home runs being hit by just dudes it's not it's funny because i will did you have a chance to post that picture that i sent i did it's on our twitter handle so at center saint 1080 i just put a picture of like the top two home run hitters plus uh uh trevor story who trevor story this week hit his 100th home run Mm -hmm. and he has managed to uh pass uh nomar garcia para right for the fastest player to 100 home runs in his career, Trevor Story hit his uh, 100th home run in his 448th game. Oh, uh, sorry, actually beat uh, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Al- Alex Rodriguez did it in 470 games. Nomar did it in 491 games. Uh, Ernie Banks hit his 100th home run in his 500th game. Yeah. But so now Trevor Story, just a little guy, your shortstop for mm-hmm. uh, your Colorado Rockies, yep. uh, goes out and blasts his 100th home run. So I put Trevor Story. So is uh, he? He's the he's the fastest shortstop to get to 100. Right? Oh, maybe because, that must be what I, I have. Think yeah, because those guys are all shortstop. It was like Joey Gallo got to 100 in 337 okay. games. Okay. Well, then there so, you go. So I so misread that. Was, that. that was yeah. He's the still, he's shortstop. the fastest shortstop. And like you said, he's just a little guy. He's just like yeah. a you know wiry looking you know normal looking guy. Yeah. And you're like, how can he hit that? How can he hit those that many far home runs? Yeah. Know? So I Amazing. threw up Trevor Story, Christian Yelich, who's leading the league mm-hmm. in, with home runs, and then Cody Bellinger. They're all scrawny guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you look at 20 years ago, you have Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry yeah. Bonds, just lighting the world on fire with home runs. It's just funny how much different baseball looks today mm-hmm. than it did, you know, yeah. in the late 90s. Yeah, it's so funny to look at those pictures. I mean, those guys are just so beefed up and you're like, oh, my God, how did how did people not know they were on steroids? Their necks are so wide. Well, yeah, your A's had the Giambi brothers <laughs> yep. playing yes. and they were yeah. just beefy dudes yep. going out there and doing it. But it feels like yeah. right now everybody in Major well, League yeah, Baseball like, has potential to hit 30 yeah. home runs, where it used to be you had a couple guys hitting 50 and mm-hmm. then it got to 60 and even 70. Yeah. And then you had the guys that just weren't home run hitters. And now it feels like because, I don't know if it's, the a lot of people are saying the Say baseballs the have changed. Yep, it's yeah. you have every pitcher thrown at ninety five miles an hour, mm-hmm. but it just feels like it's home runner strikeout. Two guys have changed their swings yep. to put a little uppercut on it. Uh, it's a different baseball than than even yeah. a few years ago. And they keep saying, you know, like when you're watching games, you'll see, you know, like for example, you know, I'm watching the game the other day with Jerks and Profar just kind of swings really low, and he kind of almost does like a one handed one arm swing. You know, he kind of lets go of the bat with his other hand and. He hits a grand slam home run, you know, it's like, oh my God, how did he, how did it get out that fast? 
you know, and you think, okay, well, you know, you look at the science of baseball and the weather versus, you know, if it's late, you know, in in the day, if it's, you know, if, if it's damp weather, if it's sunshine, if it's, you know, the balls jump out of certain stadiums and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool. I think to it's fun to watch people just clobber home runs left and right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, and AAA changed uh, their ball. So they went to the Major League Baseball and it sparked a just barrage of home runs yeah. down there too. So mm-hmm. the idea that it's more related to the baseball uh, is looking like that's more and more true. So you wonder if they'll make any any correction uh, for that yeah. uh, moving forward. Uh, but right now, if you want to go and yeah. get a souvenir, go to a Major League Baseball yeah, game because there's a lot more flying out of stadiums mm-hmm. than ever. That's for true. That's for true. I like no. that. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's for true. Jen Ellis, thank you for joining us (laughs) to talk baseball. Always wonderful to have you here with us. NFL started their their off-season training camps, so we can go and look at some of the stories around the NFL, but we'll probably end up talking about uh, Will's dream of getting a robot costume as your new Blazers mascot. (laughs) We'll try to get to the NFL next, but first... We bring you the news. All right, big thanks to Jen Ellis for coming and talking baseball with us. Uh, We do have everybody reporting for camps and uh, doing some OTAs in the NFL. Interesting uh, with kind of some of the conversations that are happening uh, around uh, McNabb. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier in one of the updates. McNabb uh, insisting that he's a Hall of Famer. It just, it, it's so funny how many guys have to go out and advocate for themselves for these Hall of Fames. And I kind of said it, I guess this was in Good versus Evil that we talked about this, but at the end of your career, if you have to fight for the Hall of Fame, just pass, right? Like if you have to go out and market yourself for the Hall of Fame, you're probably not a Hall of Famer. No, I and mean, he's that, not. Yeah, well, that's that's what I mean. If you have to go and make a case for yourself at the end of it, there's there's just there's a ton of really good players that played, but there's certain guys that just extend beyond you know the 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 expectations and go out and play, and you go, that guy was a legend. I think there's different cases though. Like uh, say, uh, well, let's put it in a different player situation, right? Like let's say Larry Fitzgerald retires, which he will at some point. And he gets to the point where he's kind of advocating to be a Hall of Famer. I think then I'd get on board and go, yeah, I kind of feel like Larry Fitzgerald probably should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but he doesn't, I don't think he would need to advocate for himself. I mean, you're picking a guy that's like a surefire Hall of Famer. It's he like, might. No rings. So? Yeah, but wide receiver with no rings is very different than than a quarterback without rings. And and the, th- the thing is, McNabb was was good, but those were really good teams, and they were never able. I mean, the fact that they went to four consecutive NFC championship games and played in one Super Bowl, he did not play well. And, you know, some people might point to him as the reason where they didn't win the Super Bowl against the Patriots is very different than a guy like Larry Fitzgerald who did everything he could to drag his team to a Super Bowl, had an incredible playoff run, and they lost on a last-second play to the Steelers. It's very, very different in my mind, between those two guys. T.O. played a great Super Bowl on a bad ankle, and he's a Hall of Famer. It just feels a little different. Yeah. I I don't know. I, to me, I, the whole Hall of Fame thing, and now you you are a huge, like, uh, detractor of the Basketball Hall of Fame. 
Well, no, the Basketball Hall of Fame is the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, and I'm not a distractor of it. I think that is probably the way to do it. If you had a Football Hall of Fame, just want you guys, this was one of the greatest football players of all time. If you had a Football Hall of Fame, though, then you'd start to be uh, putting broadcasters in, right? Yeah, like, broadcasters, call, great college careers. Yeah. You know, you put a guy like uh, Archie Griffin in there who wasn't a great pro, but he won back-to-back Heisman trophies. Put Johnny Manziel in there for being a great college football player. It's like... Well, you then know, you'd put every Heisman winner in, right? Well, I mean, but but I don't know. I mean, that, here's the other thing, and, you know, I mean, might as well admit it up front. I've never been to one of the Hall of Fames. They've never had that much of a draw to me. Uh, Cooperstown seems pretty interesting, whatever. But, like, I wouldn't be upset if they had a Pete Rose display in there. It's the, the idea that he's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I imagine you still have these great moments, you know, kind of glorified in the Hall of Fame because it's about baseball. But the idea of being a Hall of Fame member, I know, means a lot more because there's some financial benefits that you get. You get, you know, voted into this, you know, big community of it. But I don't know if you're the Hall of Fame. I'm sure it's more like a museum to the sport, right? I guess. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't find much. Uh, I guess I, I don't find much glory in the whole Hall of Fame thing. And yeah, that's I, what I mean. And if I was a football player, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I wouldn't find much satisfaction in it otherwise. I know it's your peers coming together to kind of congratulate you and tell you, you know, hey, you've done a great job and we're going to remember you for X amount of years. But at the same time, at least when I walked away from college football, I, and you know, it's very different because I didn't win a Heisman. Or, <laughs> oh, you didn't? No, I oh, didn't. Oh, I thought you did. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I walked away with my own sense of satisfaction about my own play. And yeah. I feel like a lot of those guys do, at least guys that are kind of pure to the game. Now, you got guys like Johnny Manziel, maybe, or uh, Cam Newton, who are a little bit more out there. They might really need that kind of uh, pure, uh, I don't know, validation that they are good well and there's there's a fan thing too five five three oh five is a better you today text line okay but i love harold baines damn it (laughs) you know what i mean like you also root for your guys i mean seattle has griffey and then getting edgar in the hall of fame is a big thing for the fan of the teams I don't know if Philadelphia is clamoring for Donovan no. McNabb to get in as, as a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Dude, it's, they hated McNabb. They booed him when he got drafted. Yes, and they were happy when he left. The the, the insult of all insults might be that uh, Philadelphia was like, yeah, go to the Redskins. <laughs> Stay in the division. All right, buddy, we're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I don't know. It's To me, it's interesting. But we also had another uh, a player who will be remembered for a very different reason than McNabb. Uh, Adam Pacman Jones retired. And this was another thing that I wanted to talk to you about was, it was when you look back at Pacman Jones' career, he was in trouble from the moment he got to the league. He had reports of domestic violence and there was gun charges and there was all of these things that happened in his career. And Pac-Man Jones was a good player and he contributed some okay teams and whatever. I don't want to look at him necessarily. Do you think 12 years, he played a 12-year career from the time that Adam Pac-Man Jones started in the NFL to where we are now with Roger Goodell trying to be the commissioner of punishment and morality and all of that, is the NFL in a better place from where they were when Pac-Man Jones got to the league? Because he wouldn't have been able to play 12 years. No. No, worst place? Mm, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, you know, 
Roger Goodell made a serious mistake, a serious misstep when he came into the league when he basically said, I'm going to be the enforcement czar. I'm going to be the guy that throws the hammer down and I'm going to throw all this riffraff out of the league, either that or punish them to the point that, you know, they're not going to want to do anything anymore. But what he failed to understand was what really the Reagan administration failed to understand with the just say no policy, which is you can't take a hard line on these things because people are people and they're going to make mistakes and you can't treat them like it's a black and white situation. When you act out, you have to try to find, you know, solutions to the inner problems that they have in their lives, not just punish them, take away their pain, suspend them and expect everything will be okay when they come back. No, that's not how it works. And, you know, unless you have programs set up to really try to understand why these players are having these issues in their personal lives where they feel the need to hit their uh, wives in elevators or throw their girlfriends on a couch full of machine guns, um, I, I mean, you're never going to get better. And so I think Adam Pacman Jones was the perfect example of this is that, you know, he just kept getting... Honestly, for those guys, it's a slap on the wrist. Oh, yep. you suspend me for six games? Whatever, dude. I already got money in the bank. Doesn't matter to me. You're giving me a break at this point. Do you think he actually put money in the bank? Well, <laughs> that's either here or there. I guess what yeah. I'm trying to say is that, no, it's not in a better place. And I've always said this about Roger Goodell. I think he went about this the complete wrong yeah. way of trying to be the enforcement czar. You can't do it. These guys are have testosterone 10 times the amount that you and I have absolutely just flowing through their blood where it comes to a point they don't know how to turn it off in their personal lives. Not all yeah. of them, but a good portion of them. And if you just keep giving them these, you know, suspensions and, you know, docking pay, they don't learn a lesson. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's put together a program where you can educate people and help them get better is, is the way to go because we've seen it time and again where if a player is good enough, they're going to get a second chance. Ray Rice still is the example of, sure, but he was on the end of his career. Yeah, he got he got the punishment he probably deserved for what he did, but only because he didn't have a whole lot left to give football. Kareem Hunt got snatched up pretty quickly after being released from the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyreek Hill's going to get another chance. Uh, Adrian Peterson with a child abuse thing. I mean, there's time and time again. Even Greg Hardy got another chance, even though he was a complete head case and eventually got him out of the league. The guys with talent and something they can give. And on that note, did you see who else just got a job Who's in that? football? Art Bryles was hired by a high school in Texas as the head football coach. Oh, I guess uh, they're all going to hell, right? <laughs> You would think so, but at least they're bringing a high school down with him. So, again, if if people think it can benefit them and uh, he can come in and turn them into a winner. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the perfect example of it yeah. is that he was kicked out, slap on the wrist, and not banished from football. I'm serious. They really should have made a rule with Art Bryles, which was just you're banished from football. Yeah. Every organization, every coordinated organization that is about American football in the United States. You can go to Europe, dude, go ahead, whatever. That's yeah. not our jurisdiction, but you know, you well, want even go Canada didn't want him. Remember June Jones was going to hire him on as an OC yeah. up in Canada. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do the Canada thing, I know there's a strong affiliation with the Canadian football league and the NFL, but I mean, if you want to do that, go ahead, but, but they didn't, they didn't want, they, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. yeah they protest. I guess what I'm trying it. to say is that any affiliation that American football has here in the United States, I would have just said you're banned for life. Like Roger Sterling. I mean, perfect example, NBA, the NBA literally took the Roger Sterling situation. And they go, you're banned from basketball for life because uh, we yeah. can't allow this to happen anymore. We can't allow people like you to have 
little slaps on the wrist and then go and buy another team or become affiliated with another NBA team. It's not what we're about. And the yeah. NFL just continually does this and football continually does this. Go ahead. Yeah. Do whatever the hell you want. I don't care. Well, and how often do we see a college football coach decide to take his crack at the NFL when sanctions are coming down? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we started talking about it with the Hall of Fame thing. It's, you know, basketball has a basketball Hall of Fame. David Stern did a really good job of uniting basketball uh, as a global sport. And you can complain about shoe contracts and, you know, the one done rule, AAU, all you want. He also made world basketball and the NBA uh, very close friends. And you can see how basketball in this example is a perfect one where they kind of look out for each other. You're banned from basketball, Donald Sterling. And here in football, it's uh, high school. Just imagine what the PTA meeting was like when they go, all right, we're going to do something. And I, pe- I, pe- bet, people, I bet it wasn't that bad, honestly. That's, that's the scary part. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is the scary part. And there's really nothing to stop them from hiring them. And here you go. Hopefully there'll be some backlash and, uh, I heard Sarah Spain talking about this earlier today and uh, some other people, but the clip from Sarah Spain, uh, there's going to be some national media members that come out with the same disdain for this move. And hopefully the idea of releasing the news the day before Memorial Day weekend uh, doesn't stop people from talking about it next week. And hopefully there's enough backlash to make it not happen. But right now, our Bryles is a head coaching job at a high school in Texas. Well, they were smart enough to do it on Friday, which the joke in news is where you, where do you bury a dead body? Yeah. Friday, Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon ahead of a holiday weekend. Yeah. You, so much the better. All right. Uh, we need to tell you what to watch this weekend. We do it next in a segment we call What to Watch. Next on the Center and the Saint right here on Portland Sports 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 Leader 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore's showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. La la la. Do you know what that is? No. Have you ever heard? Uh, it's, a, it's a really uh, bad joke. What is uh, Beethoven's favorite fruit? I don't know. Banana. Banana. It's, it's a bad joke. Uh. I, you know what? No. People laughing. I, that's what I, that no. is. I can't do that. I didn't I didn't could, say you know. I didn't say you could. Get out. Get I'm out. serious. I'm tired of this. <laughs> I'm tired of this crap. You bring this is what I'm talking about. You bring this crap in here. Yeah, I do. On a regular basis. Because I love our listeners, unlike you. What are you bringing? What are you bringing, Darkens? <laughs> I don't know. All right, so what what in the sports world has you sitting down on the couch 
opening a big bag of potato chips, mm. pulling out a nice soda, mm. sitting in front of the TV for a few hours this weekend. You watching the Indy 500? <laughs> no. Okay. What are you watching? Uh, obviously, the Eastern Conference Finals game six, which is tonight, 5.30 tip right here on the fan. Uh, what I want to watch from it is, has Giannis cracked the code? Because it seems like the Raptors cracked his code from the first two games. And then once we hit game three and four, it was like he forgot how to play basketball. <laughs> so, you know, they've done a really good job of keeping him out of the paint and forcing him into situations where he has to take tough shots. I'm wondering if he's going to have this as a growing experience and go to Toronto and extend this thing to game seven. But otherwise, if he can't, then, dude, we got a Raptors-Warriors final. You've said this the entire playoffs uh, and, and leading into the playoffs. You said the NBA playoffs are about stars. And in this game, I'm watching the stars. I'll give you a couple statistics to keep an eye on. Giannis Antetokounmpo field goals for the series. One to three feet from the rim, 35 of 51 for 65% shooting. Four plus feet from the basket, 7 of 36 for 19% shooting. It's weird because you think he would just develop a hook shot. Four feet and out. We're talking about guys shooting from 35 feet in this NBA uh, uh, run. Uh, how about this for you, though, on the other side? Kawhi Leonard is a mutant. And the way that he's playing, I mean, you, you see the difference between a truly elite player and a very good player. DeMar DeRozan's a very good NBA player. Kawhi Leonard is a whole different level. How about this uh, for uh, your game five stats for Kawhi Leonard? 35 points, 15 in the fourth quarter on 11 of 25 shooting, five for eight from three, eight of nine from free throws, nine assists, seven rebounds, two steals, one turnover. As much as Kawhi has the ball, had one turnover in that game. I mean, you talk about a guy that is next level, and he has 11 30-point games in the playoffs. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is a huge difference maker, and you wonder what Canada is going to offer him to keep him in Toronto. Penthouse. Everything. Did you see that? A Pen billionaire is offering him a penthouse. Yeah, they're offering him. Almost every restaurant in the city is offering him free food for life. I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. What are you doing Memorial Day weekend? Uh, the whole family is up camping, but I've, I'm stuck with a golf tee time tomorrow, so I can't go camping. So we'll go up and visit the campsite today, bring the kids up there, hang out for a little bit, and uh, and then come back and uh, and go golfing tomorrow. Sound like a yuppie. Oh, I'm stuck with this tee time. Yeah, it's rough. I'm golfing with one Isaac Rock tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, it should be fun. What about you? Uh, brother's birthday today. Nice. And uh, maybe a hike on Sunday. We'll see. Well, there you go. What to Watch is brought to you by Encore Audio Video. Go check them out at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Everybody have a wonderful holiday weekend. And remember why we're doing this uh, for the veterans that uh, gave their lives to defend this country. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. We're done. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 